0: The song is called Stomping Ground. As we continue our celebration of June as Black Music Month, I am pleased to be joined now by Grammy award-winning singer. That sounds good, Miles. Ivan Neville, the son of the great Aaron Neville, who you hear on this track right here called, again, Stomping Ground. Fresh off the release of his first solo album in nearly 20 years, Ivan Neville has announced he's performing a special one-night concert at the Grammy Museum here in Los Angeles on Tuesday, June 27th, celebrating his incredible career in the release of his new album, Touch My Soul. Uh, he'll be joined by uh, some friends, including a New Orleans musician, Eric Krasno. Uh Ivan and Eric most recently took home a Grammy for this song, Stomping Ground, the best American Roots performance. I am pleased to welcome uh, I know his father well, have uh, been around his father many years, have had his father on this program. What an honor to welcome the son, Ivan Neville, to KBLA Talk 1580. Ivan, how are you today, sir?
1: I'm good, man. How about
0: yourself, man? Man, if I complained I'd be an ingrate, I'm doing well. I love that track. <laughs> I love that track, "Stomping Ground," man, and uh, it just, there's so many voices uh, on that track. But it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful uh, rendition, a beautiful piece of work. So, congratulations to you on the on winning the Grammy uh, for that track. Tell me a bit more about it.
1: Yeah, that was uh, put together. We uh, there's a um, there's a film, documentary style thing called "Take Me to the River," mm-hmm. and we were in, we, we recorded a bunch of. Um, uh, uh you know like uh scenarios in recording studios, some live performances and stuff like that, and that came out of that project and it was basically a, a lot of New Orleans artists collaborating with other other people from other uh, cities and other genres and things like that and that's one of the tracks that my we brought my dad aaron and uh we uh, rep- we recreated his song stomping Ground, which was on one of his records. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a group of us, including myself, Mr. Eric Krasno, George Porter Jr. from the Meters, and others. Uh, we uh, put together that that track. That was, uh, you know, that won the Grammy. That yep. won the Grammy uh, this past year.
0: Yeah. No, nope, you are a Grammy winner now, and uh, that will always be a part mm-hmm. of your of your uh, introduction. <laughs> yeah, a Grammy winner, I, Ivan Neville. Oh, all right. Let me let, right. let, <laughs> let, 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 let me ask this question, uh, and, and I'm sure you've been asked this in a variety of ways by others, but not by me. So let, let me let me frame it this way: Every one of us has to find our own voice. I'm thinking now of my my dear friend. Uh, I miss him uh, dearly. Uh, the great Al Jarreau. Um, who won a, Who won <clears throat> Grammys in different categories uh, in a way that nobody ever has uh, in jazz categories, in blues categories, in in uh, R and B categories? Um, Al Jarreau was all that and then some. But in in a conversation I had with Al many many years ago, Alvin uh, 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 Ivan uh, Al said to me, that's "Too many syllables there." Ivan Al said to me, "Right, right, That right, that right. That, <laughs> that, 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 um, that every one of us. Um, as surely as we have a thumbprint on our hand, this is Al Giroux telling me this, as surely as we have a thumbprint on our hand that makes us uniquely different than anybody in the history of the world, dead, uh, alive, or yet unborn, that thumbprint makes us uniquely different. Al said to me that he believes that each of us has a thumbprint on our throats. And the challenge for us is to find our own voice. I love that. We have a thumbprint on our hand and a thumbprint on our throats. And each and every one of us during our lifetime has to find a way to find our voice. Now, many of us start out copying other people. Nothing wrong with that. You copy somebody else until you find your own voice. So the world is full of too many copies, still not enough originals. But you got to find your own voice. It seems to me that the challenge of doing that must be infinitely more difficult finding your own voice when your daddy... (laughs) is Aaron Neville. So talk to me about the journey for <laughs> Ivan Neville to find his own voice.
1: Wow. So that's, so that's, first of all, for you to even talk about Al and it confused my name. call me Alvin because it's speaking of Al mm. the great Al What an amazing talent he was. I just thought of something. I saw him a long time ago and as amazing. as His voice was, I remember him. Uh, he actually smoked. He smoked. He That's was smoking right. smoking like a camel. He was smoking a camel cigarette. And I'm like, oh, my God, how do you want to smoke <laughs> All right. Anyway, anyway. So now back to the question about being Aaron's son, now, which what's unique. Okay, first of all, being from that family, my dad and my uncles, you know, being uh, the Nevilles and Neville brothers, obviously it was a treat and, a, and an amazing time growing up. But the gift that I got, one of the initial gifts was I was the oldest son, the oldest of my siblings. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, and so I was. I was born named after my dad. I was born named Aaron Neville, and as the world will soon find out, because he put he's got a book. Aaron Neville has a book that he finished. That's gonna that he just finished. Uh, I just got a pre-copy of it, mm-hmm. by the way. Just mm-hmm. change the, and it's and it's called "Tell It Like It Is," mm-hmm. and it's an amazing, amazing story uh, of him of his life. But he talks about me as a kid. I was born named Aaron, but my my mom's folks didn't too much care for my dad at that time, so they. I was a. I was still in it. I was still maybe three three months old or something. They changed my name to Ivan. So imagine if I would have had kept that name, that would have been some <laughs> real pressure, right? Yeah. So I was able to grow up being junior. I was still junior. I was still Lil' Aaron, but mm. my name was Ivan. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had an advantage in a way, and I looked at it like that. So then coming up and knowing that he was the guy, and he's larger than life, he's got this voice, you know, and... You know, I did always saw it as just uh, a gift and a blessing that I was his son. And we, you know, we we kind of grew up together because he was only 18, 17 years old when I was when I was born. Right. So when we so he was like my big brother. So I never I always looked at it as just total blessing that I get to learn from this cat and learn from my uncles and come up in and I And if I if I do what I'm supposed to do and, and I, I study and I. You know, I I apply myself a little bit with this music thing. I got a little bit of natural ability. Maybe I'll make my own mark and maybe I'll have my own voice. Mm. And that's kind of what's, 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 transpired over the
0: years. Well, you have found it. Uh, You have found it, and now in your own right, you are a Grammy winner, as I said earlier. Um, When your dad was last on this program, he told me uh, that he was working on a book, and so I'm glad to know that he finished it. And what else would you call an Aaron Neville memoir, except Tell It Like It Is, one of his biggest hits. Uh, I love the title. I can't wait to get uh, my copy and to read the book, and can't wait to have your dad back on this program to talk about it. But we're talking not to the dad today, to the son, Grammy winner in his own right, Ivan Neville, right now, on KBLA Talk 1580. Ivan Neville is our guest uh, in this half hour on Tavis Smiley. You're listening to KBLA Talk, 1580. I phone number 1-800-920-1580. Uh, Ivan, t- tell me about this uh, new project, uh, Touch My Soul. Your people were kind enough to send me a, a private link uh, so I could hear some of it. Uh, it sounds good to my ears, but tell me about Touch My Soul.
1: Yeah, no, it's a piece of music. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have some time to reflect and uh, uh, you know get, it, get into the creative process which I hadn't done in quite a while for a solo record. And I have written songs over the years with my my group Dumpster Funk Mm -hmm. and some other collaborations here and there. But this is the first, uh, you know, trek into a a solo record for quite a while. And it was just a labor of love, pretty much. You know, I mean, I had some time during a a certain part of the pandemic where I had, you know, like all of us, I have sitting around, I'm like, you know, maybe I'll make some music. Maybe I'll write some songs. And it just kind of came naturally like that. Um, I was able to put together, I think, a a good little collection of songs, and um, and they reflect a lot of it. Reflects on you know where I've where where I've where I've gotten to at this point in life, and some of the things I've learned along the way, and some of the things I like to pass along to others, and some messaging and some stuff um, that I think uh, may be good for the soul, and that's hence touch my soul you know, like music has done for me my whole
0: life, you know? Mm-hmm. Do, do you find it, because um, every, every artist has a different approach. There's some artists who like to do the following and others who uh, do not do the following, and that is to be autobiographical in their songwriting. Uh, is, is that, I mean, obviously, that's what Touch My Soul is, as you just described. Does that come easy or hard for you to be transparent in your lyrics and autobiographical?
1: You know it comes pretty naturally and it, and sometimes it's not even intentional
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's just by by chance, and it's just the feeling how I'm feeling at that time and i'm in in that creative uh mode and sometimes uh you know personal stuff seeps its way into a song and i'm I'm cool with that I'm absolutely cool with that
0: mhm- um when you mentioned a moment ago that you were uh, in the pandemic, um, you know, like all the rest of us trying to figure out what we were going to do, how to make the most of this space and time that we had, uh, that allowed us to not do much of, not do much of anything, frankly, couldn't leave the house. (laughs) I I, I was at an event. I was, I was at an event the other night and somebody said, uh, whoever was on stage said the MC or somebody said, how about a round of applause for just being out of the house and, and the whole place, whole place just erupted so people are still people are still resonating and still you know reflecting on what it means in this moment to be out of the house and the person said it, and the place just erupted with wild cheers and applause just for being out of the house as you look back on that moment artistically how do you think you did making the most of it
1: I think I did pretty well and especially you know I I came out I actually had COVID Mm -hmm. I caught the early the early version of COVID in 2020 so I had it and I had a pretty, a pretty serious, uh, bout with it Yeah. and getting through that, it, that, that just left me, put me in a place of total gratitude mm-hmm. getting through that. So that, you know, I was ready to absorb anything positive that was coming my way. Yeah. So I absolutely made the best of it after that. It was, to me, it was like, all oh, everything else was gravy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause <laughs> you know what I'm saying? so going through it you know obviously it was difficult and you had to figure out ways to to occupy your your, your mind and not go not get too much on the TV and too much in the social media you know had to you know take that in, in in um in doses and not get too hung up on one thing but it was pretty interesting you know i did some live streaming performances at at my house mm-hmm. which were very uh satisfying and it helped me get through sometimes but getting into the creative process, it just it just evolved naturally. And especially going through all that made me just that much more grateful yeah. to be able to do it. So it just it basically brought up a bunch of you know, a lot of uh reasons to to be um to realize that, you know, how blessed we are mm-hmm. and how, how grateful that I'm I'm gonna express more, more gratitude about it than anything else. Nope. We made it through and I know we have that, what's called, I guess, that uh, pandemic fatigue. Mm-hmm. So, like, like my man say that the concert you were at, we just glad to be out. Some of us still don't know how to act, yeah, but yeah. We get out the house. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: No, I, I, I take, I, I take your point about gratitude. I take that point, uh, to heart about gratitude. I say all the time, uh, yeah. that gratitude is the gateway to greatness. Gratitude is the gateway yeah. to yeah. great. If you want to be great, you got to start, first of all, in a place of gratitude. That's why I'm always, um, uh, every day grateful. That's why you hear me say all the time, if I complained, yes. I'd be an ingrate. I want to live, uh, in a space of gratitude on my way to greatness. And so that's, that, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Back to your point about having, right. about having COVID though, uh, and um, I had Smokey Robinson on here not long ago. He's been on a number of times, but Smokey was on not long ago and was telling the story of his having uh, caught uh, the COVID virus uh, and it almost killed him. He was in the hospital for days. He, they kept the story pretty quiet.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, they,
0: they kept it quiet. Oh, wow. Thank- thankfully, he got through and he's back on stage, of course, sounding as, as good as ever. But like you, he caught that thing early on. And early on people were dying from this COVID thing. They were obviously, we all recall that yeah. uh, lost thousands and thousands of Americans early on uh, when you caught it. Um, did you ever have, you know, uh, you, you said you had a really, really bad case of it. Were you, were you, were you, were you wrestling at any point with your, with your own mortality while you were that sick? I was,
1: I definitely had some thoughts and I was definitely, uh, you know, I, I, w- I was scared at times and now, now the advice I was getting from doctors I was talking to, nobody really knew anything about this thing. Right. So luckily, but I found out that I had pneumonia. I had double pneumonia, pneumonia, you know, both lungs. And that's, that was a, a condition of, uh, uh that, that caused by the COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I, I needed, I, I needed oxygen. So instead I, I did, I was fortunate, uh, someone I knew, Connected me with someone that got me an, an oxygen machine delivered to my house
0: mm-hmm.
1: So a, a lot of the people that had to go to hospitals and go and uh, get on ventilators and things like that A lot of them did not make it. Yeah, and I was told don't lay there on your back because you got pneumonia and pneumonia loves you to just sit there and it'll just settle in your lungs and that, that'll that kill you. Oh, yeah, so I had an oxygen machine, which I utilized, and I was also laying on my side and Then, when I was able i was I started taking walks and I started doing breathing exercises because I was also told that you got to teach your lungs how to get to fight out of this mm-hmm. so I was training my lungs to do what they knew how to do, but kind of you know i didn't I, I was lucky i was I was yeah. absolutely fortunate that I didn't have to go any further than that it hmm. lasted about six weeks
0: wow total. wow six what,
1: weeks it was a six week battle yes
0: What what's it like ivan when you are battling something for six weeks and you were having thoughts not just about you know your own mortality uh but about whether or not you will ever be able to do what you were born to do you can't sing with, with, with two lungs full of fluid
1: yes and you know what yeah, I had I had thoughts. Definitely, my mortality came into, into into focus, and I was pretty pretty devastated and scared about it. But check this out, the the boss lady of this house. You know what she told me when when I was not on the breathing machine. I mean, on, on the oxygen machine. Yeah, things like that. She told me so. I said, so when we don't know when the next time you're going to be working, so you need to start start doing some live streaming because people have started doing the live streaming mm-hmm. from their homes and from their studios and whatnot." So she said, "You better start getting some income going." Here. I mean, you sick? She said, you sick? But you better start doing some live streaming and set up your Venmo account. That's what she told me to do. I, look, I was feeling it like crap. She, I had to go in there and do a little. Forty-five minutes to an hour set live so stream, but when I found out that was helping me exercise my lungs, yeah. So I was worn out by the by the time I finished doing one of those, and I did probably six or seven of them, right? But the boss lady told me you better do something. You we'll lay your behind back there. You you confined to the back room, but once maybe once a week you call. Go in that other room with that piano at. We gonna put you on live stream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, when, when, when the boss when the boss lady, when the when the boss let speaks, you ain't got no choice but to respond, man. Wow. And so well, I. <laughs> I do.
1: But singing helped help help my. I talked to some doctors and they say, you know what? You probably maybe helped save yourself by doing yeah. It exercising your lungs and eventually that, that Corona thing went away and I was able to sing like I used to. And I'm, you know, like, back. Once again, I, I was blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah, but the boss lady made me get in there and do that. I'm, I'm just laughing, man. She's like,
0: "Baby, I know you're sick but that. Venmo account is getting kind of <laughs> getting kind of dry. Uh, you better
1: get on that. You better, you better get, better on, get that.
0: on that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, I got. I just got. I got three minutes left here, and I can do this for an hour, but I gotta uh, move now to talk about uh, your 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 special one night concert at the Grammy Museum here in Los Angeles. Um, this uh, program, of course, is heard across the nation but flagship in L.A., and it is oftentimes the case that when people are coming to L.A., they look us up, and lucky for those who live in yeah. Southern California or those who will be here on Tuesday, June 27th, because you could have a chance to see uh, Ivan Neville uh, live uh, one night only at the Grammy Museum. It's a great venue. Have, have you played there before, Ivan? You're going you're to love the venue if you haven't I've been there never,
1: I've never been
0: there. Oh, I look man. to it. It's an amazing venue. Uh, I think the last time I was there, I saw my friend James Taylor. And uh, it's wow. just yeah, it's just an wow. amazing, amazing venue. And James sounded great and you're going to sound great. It's an amazing venue. It's Tuesday, June 27th. Um, and uh, he'll be joined by New Orleans musician Eric Krasno, mentioned earlier in this hour. They'll be on the museum's rooftop terrace. That's a great show. You're on the rooftop terrace uh, and um, you're hearing the sounds of, of Ivan. Never, you're looking forward to this, Ivan, I assume. Absolutely, absolutely man. Can't wait. Yeah. Have you have you figured out how do you, how do you how do you do it these days? Have you figured out uh your playlist or you do that kind of, you know, spur of the moment the last minute whatever you feel?
1: I have an idea right now. I've already put a little a little set list together yeah. that I'm going to work from. And I think there's a gentleman by the name of Steve Hockman mm-hmm. who's a a journalist you uh, said I think he used to write for the for the LA Times back mm-hmm. in the days he Yep. he to rock He's going to do, like, some sort of a a Q&A. Oh, cool. In this format where he may ask me some questions. It may be like a slight, like, an interview of some kind where I may tell, you know, he might ask me some questions about some personal stuff. Who knows? Yeah and uh, and that's going to be part of the show as well, which is kind of cool
0: no that's part so that, uh, yeah that's yeah. That, that's part of what they do at the Grammy museum, which is great they don't just let yeah. they don't just let artists perform uh more often than not they engage in some in some brief conversation with the artist, and that's always great for the fans who get a chance to hear you talk yeah. in addition to you do your music so um it's going to be a great night june twenty seventh at the Grammy Museum here in Los Angeles, celebrating the incredible career of Ivan Neville and the release of his new album, Touch My Soul. Ivan, when you talk to your dad, tell him Tavis said hello, I send him my love, and uh, tell him I look forward I to him will. coming back on and talk about that book when it drops,
1: man. <laughs> yes, indeed, man, I will. All right, yeah. Ivan, stay strong. Thanks, thanks for having me. All
0: right, brother, safe travels to Los Angeles. Uh, the last half hour of Tavis Smiley for today when we come forward after news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk 1580.